Welcome, everyone, to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. Understanding and playing to your strengths is such an important part of not only picking the right college, but making the most of your experience there. And I think it's such an important topic, how you figure out your relationships, the activities, your skills, your passions, how you use those to be your guide, and also how you avoid the pitfalls, maybe of comparing yourself to others on social media or everyone in your family and bending your ear about who they think you are or what you should do or who you should be. And so I'm so excited to dig into this topic today with old friends, Winnie and Sashil, who just went through this with their daughter in her college admissions process. And I thought it'd be fun to dig into this in more detail. So welcome, Winnie and Sashil. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you. I'd love to hear about how you went through this process recently with your daughter. How did you help her understand and play to her strengths? Yeah. So I'll start. I think to pull the thread before a kid starts college. We actually started thinking about this really probably in elementary school, but definitely in middle school. And one of the ways in which we did that, there's two things that I've been thinking about. One is we actually did, as the nerd that I am in doing leadership development, I did have her and her sister take a Myers-Briggs personality assessment when she was in middle school. Her bringing your work home. I love that. Exactly. And actually what I liked about it, what I like about it for other people is that it just brings awareness around, oh yeah, that rings true for me. And so that brings awareness around what do you do about that? And what does that mean? And and all that. So one of the things that she discovered about herself, I was able to kind of put some words around it was that she is an introvert. I'm an extrovert. And she was like, you know, no wonder because when I go to parties or I hang out with my friends or whatever, I love it and I enjoy it. But when I get home, I'm really tired. And so that was like really confirming because it's like, oh, it's not like I'm weird, like this is normal, but there's a reason why. So I think like early on, we started to kind of think about, you know, her strengths and and who she is and who she isn't and why that is and all that. As it relates to high school and then college, one of the things that we noticed about her is that she really enjoys school, but if she doesn't connect with the teacher or if she honestly doesn't respect them and doesn't think they're a great teacher, she quickly loses interest in the topic or doesn't do well in school, even if it's a topic she enjoys. So it's really weird. And we had some conversations with her like, you know what, even if you don't like the teacher, you got to figure out how to engage with this person because it's all up to you and you have to be proactive and really, you know, get in there and learn about that person or ask questions, again, even if you don't like it or you don't like her. So she started practicing that in in high school and actually even middle school, I think. And so that was really, I think, a breakthrough for her. And I don't know if breaking through her being introverted, I don't think that actually is related here. But the school that she ended up picking, the college she ended up picking is a small school. And I think being able to engage with her professors is really going to be critical to her success and is critical to her success. And so that was really a a highlight in the school that she picked was knowing that she was going to be able to have like lunch or like connect with or one of the classes she's in, I think is like eight people. 
So that I think was kind of playing to her strengths. And and that's like kind of a mini story around that. Yeah. And developing intimate relationships. And developing intimate relationships. Right. With, yep. with her professors, something yeah. that, that she would have to really lean into if she was at a bigger school. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's an example. That's a great story. And I love how the reflection helped understand, okay, it's not so much the topic for me as it is the person that's the motivator, that sense of connection with who I'm learning with, who I'm learning from. Yeah. And then that leads to the kind of school I'm going after. How did you, when you were looking at schools and you're starting to zero in on maybe smaller schools, liberal arts colleges, where it's maybe a little bit easier to have that one-to-one -one relationship, the eight-person class, that kind of feel. What did you do as part of the process to make some of those connections or for her to feel like, yeah, I could see myself here. I can relate to these people. I feel like I'm already connecting to these people. How did that go? Well, I've, it's interesting because we actually had a conversation before this interview with you talking about strengths. And, you know, Sushil kind of has an opinion about like, how do you challenge your kids to not let your strengths be a barrier and pushing them to kind of consider things that are beyond maybe what they think their strengths are. So he'll talk about that probably in a minute. But one of the things that we did was we actually did look at other schools that were bigger as a way to kind of say, hey, this could be a possibility. And she also had some other things in mind, like she really wanted to go to school in California. She really wanted to be in a place that wasn't in the middle of nowhere, but was had an urban sort of feel or connection. So if you add all those things up, it kind of limited in some ways the schools that were going to be a good fit with those characteristics. So we got kind of lucky in that way. But I think just being on campus and sort of knowing some of the people that were going to that school, getting a feel for the place, you know, it's amazing just being there, you get a feel for the culture. I don't know. What would you add to it? Yeah. You know, I actually thought she uh, should go to a bigger school and partly to maybe focus a little bit on her um on what makes her uncomfortable. You know, maybe bigger spaces would accentuate things that are features of her that are not quite in her strength set. Mm -hmm. And so it would put her into a position where she'd have to do different things. And to me, being uncomfortable is really important. And so being with people you, you may not otherwise commune with, that kind of thing. Doing things in intellectual disciplines you might not otherwise encounter. And so I was pushing for a big school. And I think fortunately, Fate has it that she got into one of her choices with the school and she, it turns out to be a perfect place for her. That's awesome. I love the difference in perspective and also the idea that, you know, before you prematurely focus, let's look at the two extremes or let's look at different things and see what's resonating. Given that you didn't go the large school way, which is actually, I mean, that's, that's the way I, I went. I went to a very small school you know, eight people in the class until high school. And then I went to a huge high school and a huge college. And I was interested in getting exposed to lots of things. And I felt like I could still, I'd be able to get people's attention. And I wanted that exposure. Is there a best of both worlds scenario here? Yeah. How does she still get some discomfort yeah. and some, some exposure? Is that something you guys are talking about? How you balance this all out? Oh, well, uh, yeah. So one, one, one of the things I want really for my children and their educational process is to be exposed to many different kinds of ideas and disciplines and to be to be adept really at learning and learning how to learn it in a new discipline should you encounter it because i think that's going to be one of the main challenges in in you know in this ongoing century where humans are competing with non-humans artificial intelligences 
in part. And so part of what we got to do as humans is figure out how we distinguish ourselves. And so for me, breadth is really important. And that fits well with the liberal arts education. She has to take something called a freshman writing seminar, which is a year-long set of classes about in a variety of disciplines. And when we were going through Kavita and I with selecting these uh, one a class, I was trying to guide her into taking something she wouldn't take before, guiding her, in fact, away from her strengths into this area of discomfort. And so she ended up taking this class called, I have it up here, it's called The Dionysian in Modern Thought, which is a course at the intersection of philosophy, literature, and critical studies, something like this, which is, is about the impact of Dionysius on, on modern philosophy and culture. And so it's like, okay, this is something you would never take yourself, <laughs> riot. And it turned out she just ended up getting it. Now, a few weeks later, I'm on a call with her, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and she says, you know, my, my professor called me aside and he said, you know, you should really consider majoring or minoring in philosophy. And now to me, this is the, really the power of higher education. It's what it's all about. Yeah. That's right. It is these happy accidents that happen. And so the question is, how do you get yourself into positions of, of this kind of serendipity? Now, it's unclear to me whether she would ever actually even take another philosophy point. It actually doesn't matter. Right. But, but just this exposure to a new discipline is so much, is so valuable to me. So I'll just add one other practical thing that we're doing to kind of go back to your question, Elliot. We told her, even no matter what school she went to, but certainly now it's even more relevant, I think, is that she would have to do a semester abroad. Like, I don't care where you go, what country, what topic, but you have to go away for at least a semester overseas because that's, or whatever, down below, whatever, because that's going to be really important to, you know, open your mind to not living here and being in another environment. So that she went in knowing that that was going to be something she'd have to do as well. Yeah, and there's so one thing I was going to add to this, you know, on this topic of comfort versus discomfort is... When we were talking about majors, and this is another conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, she has fairly broad interests. She's, she's interested in economics, political science, so she might do something in political eco economy, mathematics. And as, as really telling her to rethink what a major is. And, then, and this is something for educators to, to think about, too. I don't think depth in one subject is really what you want at this point, because you can't expect to become an expert in the discipline in, in four years of a liberal arts education. So why not just give up and say, what I'm going to do instead is explore in a bunch of different topics and get many majors in, in say, economics, history, math, art, pick, put them all together and conjure up something of your own. And I think that's important because I think, as I was saying earlier, learning a discipline Learning how to learn a new discipline is going to be so one of the big challenges. And, and you can do that with four or five classes in, in, say, philosophy. You can do that by taking six economic classes. I'm not sure she's going to follow this. I mean, she's going to do what she's supposed to going to do. But as parents, this is kind of the environment of inquiry and back and forth that goes around in our family. And that's a perspective I was giving her. So to the point about strengths, I think college is a place to know your strengths, but also develop new strengths and find strengths by trying a whole bunch of different things and possibly failing at them, some of them. Yeah, I love this approach because I feel like what I'm taking away from this is that there's so many different dimensions of the college experience 
and you can mix it up. So if you're playing to your strength in terms of size and you're comfortable there, you can maybe do something that's less comfortable as it relates to say discipline or, or major or location or whatever it might be. And that these, you, you can keep those in balance and mix it up. Have you read Range by David Epstein? It's about generalists triumphing in a specialized world. I think you would enjoy it. Also, A Whole New Mind by Dan Pink is all about the virtue of generalists who can communicate, think critically and create in a, I don't think they use the expression then, but you know, now people talk about it as the robot proof world. So I, I want to end with your thoughts on the right balance between coaching and support and guidance versus like setting direction. I think you're both very super smart, engaged, hands-on parents, you know, leadership coaching, technology. You're like geeking out on on parenting <laughs> in a way, which is which is awesome. I feel like my wife Liz and I are in the same camp, although our, our kids are younger. How do you balance between all that you have to give and all that you're thinking about with creating a an independent, resilient, critical thinker, secure you know, all these things that if you kind of overdo it, you may under deliver. How are you striking that balance? We're going to have to make this as short as possible because this is like a whole nother topic that we could go into quite a bit. I think that one thing that we think about, I think this is how I think, tapping into what essentially motivates Kavita and really understanding that. And then again, connecting the dots for her. So if you're motivated in this way, understand that these are the things that you'll need to be doing in order to get to where you really want to be. And so helping her, you know, again, you know, really narrow in what motivates her and then broadening her out to understand where those dots are. So that's one. And then I think the other thing is really understanding and talking about what are the barriers that she has to taking ownership, but to driving it herself. So it's not like us driving it for her or us getting annoyed that she's not driving it, which sometimes that can happen. But it's more like what getting underneath it, like what's happening that's not helping you take ownership so that, again, I think you're hitting on an important topic, which is them driving it is essential, but feeling like we're there to support her and love her and guide her, you know, intellectually and otherwise is really important to have both. Okay. <laughs> Has to be quick. Yeah. First of all, she's in California. And, and I think distance naturally untethers you from any instincts of control you may have. Which we don't have much anyway to begin with. Your question actually also points to not necessarily when they're at college, but also before they got there, right? Because in some ways, getting to college, it's that in-between stage of like them having to drive it, yet you're still helping them. And I think that was not easy, you know? And at some point, she just, every kid is different, but she flipped the switch and was like driving it and doing it her own way. And yet we were still supporting her. Like he said, when you get to college, it's like it's changes and we're still trying to navigate that, or at least I am. People have said to us before, oh, your kids are like the most independent and autonomous kids that we know, which I thought was interesting. So I think that we've been cultivating this kind of along the way is how can we- Nicely done. Yeah, more ownership. And this is just one more thing to like try to cultivate that ownership. Yeah, I mean, you know, you do what you can to instill in your children a bunch of values, including a thirst for learning and other things. But at some point, you launch them off into space. And then and you have immediate control. She's in our dining room, and then she's in California. But you still have some impact. You're still their parents. But seeding and finding that balance between the influence you had early on 
and and now is something that 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 is an ongoing dance back and forth and and you know that ideally you want your kid to be in a relationship with you in which you can have conversations she's going to do what she's going to do and have to do but hopefully we set that foundation we're always there to have that conversation yeah that's great advice and i feel like that balance of direction, guidance, support, love, that's a lifelong thing. Just like understanding your strengths and balancing comfort and discomfort are too. Yeah. So during the application process, we had Kavita read your book and it's easy to read. It's like super organized. So just skip around, find the topics that are relevant to you. Not all of it's going to be relevant, but look for the pieces that are going to be helpful. And so she did that. So we said, hey, and we checked, had to check up with her a couple of times, you know, hey, did you get that done? Partly because she was in the middle of doing her applications, right? But I thought that, you know, reading this book, and again, because it's so accessible and easy to read, that it would be great guidance for her. And it's not her parents talking to her. It's, you know, an outside person who she actually knows too, which is nice. Well, that's it's such an interesting point because that's also one of these ways of balancing the kind of support and guidance versus, you know, directing or driving because you can put a resource in yeah. uh, in front of her without saying, you know, do X, Y, Z. I hadn't thought about that. And I'm so glad it's so great to hear that it was helpful. Yeah. And again, I think one of the biggest disadvantages of your book is that it is so easy to read and easy to skim. And I think that's really important, especially for college students, because it's not like, oh, here's a book. There's a bunch of words and a bunch of chapters. It's yeah. like thumb through it and find what's relevant. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, when I looked at a lot of the things that were out there, I was thinking like, OK, the person who would read this book doesn't need to read this. So how can I come up with a format that's, you know, that's more accessible, that's more engaging, that's shorter? that's to the point and is based on the evidence, not only my work with a hundred plus colleges, but hundreds of other studies out there. So I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad it actually worked. One thing I would add is that what I found really interesting and valuable about the book for me is that it, it broadened the notion of what success at colleges, mm -hmm. because oftentimes there are books like how to be a straight A stu student in college. And I think the college experience is so much than just getting just academics. It's right. about a whole bunch of different things. Yep. And your book covered the spectrum. And so it really opens up the reader's eyes to what the possibilities are at college. And I really appreciated that. And I think Kavita as well did. That's awesome. You know, the broadening perspective, I think, is really great. The middle section, you know, it's it's saying classes, academics are one part of the experience, but there's also the relationships you build, the support you get, the career path you uncover, the campus, the technology. There are lots of different ways to think about your success. It's awesome to hear that, that that resonated with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your insights today. I think they're going to help a lot of students and parents and colleges and universities. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, LA, for having us on. Bye. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And check out ElliotFelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. Thank you.